Welcome to Almost Here, Around the Corner of Future Technology podcast with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used. We're just around the corner from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with the Future Tech and Future Tech Health podcast, and I have Troy Hickerson with me. He's uh, the co-founder of ActiveForGood.com. So, Troy, thanks for coming. Absolutely. Happy to be here. Yeah, tell me what's Active for Good about? What's the premise? Uh, good question. It's um, we we got started with a mission to help malnourished kids, and um, that really led us to. Uh, trying to come up with an innovative solution and, and really this idea of connecting our own health and wellness to the health of, of someone else we may have never met. And so really this this concept that, you know, about a, a third of, um, you know, U.S. population is considered obese according to the National Institutes of Health. And about one fourth of kids in the developing world are malnourished. And so this concept of kind of connecting those two things together and try to solve both problems at the same time. And, and the way we do that now too, yeah, to say that, you know, the way we do that is by uh, running a, a series of programs that inspire people to be active. Their activities sponsored, um, just kind of every, every calorie they burn in a sense turns into a calorie of, of food for malnourished kids. And then, um, and then it it's, provides a kind of a, a layer of motivation that might not be there for you to do something just for yourself. We, we, all, we all have a long list of those things. And by connecting people on teams and a social environment and really appealing to the sense of um, something bigger than yourself, and a concept that you can can actually make a difference in the world just with uh, the steps you take and the choices you make on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, that's a really good connection. That makes a lot of sense. That'd be very motivating. Well, what's what's the background of the idea? How did you uh, decide to get into this? Yeah, so you know, I think every every personal every every business story has a personal story. And for me, I had run a, a tech consulting company here in Southern California for about 10 years and took a year off when my, my kids were still young and we traveled and lived lived abroad, but lived in places like Nicaragua and Africa and got a chance to see up close and, and meet people. And, and you know, as I, I turned 40 at the same time and realized my breaths and heartbeats are limited and what do we want to do to um, spend the rest of those on this planet? And really that uh, we, we uh, meet with along with a couple of friends, um, we decided to focus on kids that, that are really on the edge, um, the most severely malnourished kids. And one of the reasons why is uh, it didn't need, uh, you know, a new invention or, or, you know, medical breakthrough to help these kids. Um, it really just needed some, some discipline and creativity uh, to figure out how to bring a solution to them at scale. And at the time, uh, there's a product called RUTF, uh, which stands for Ready to Use Therapeutic Food. And it's, it's for kids under six. Um, they're right on the edge and need immediate intervention. And um, you can imagine where these situations are like. And they're, they're places like Africa, um, you know, Latin America, Asia, even parts of the Middle East where kids may be displaced and have kind of reached a point of no return where local foods wouldn't sustain them and they, they've stopped eating and they're, they're kind of brought into a medical setting. And so these little, you know, 500 calorie packets of superfood, they're essentially a fortified peanut butter that have all the milk proteins and lipids that, that you need in there and macronutrients. And it revolutionized um, the treatment of these kids, or most of them used to at that point not make it and be stuck in a hospital bed with a feeding tube. Now they can be home with mom, needs no refrigeration, no no mixture with water. So that 
that was back in 2011. We opened a factory as a kind of a sister nonprofit company and called Man of Nutrition, and that factory's in Georgia. And we we showed up as part of the global supply chain to aid organizations like UNICEF and USAID that procure this. And then it's distributed by groups like Doctors Without Borders and Save the Children and whatnot. So that was really the first big step was to get in and lower the cost of this intervention for kids. And we were able to like to think that we, we were a big part of lowering that uh, as much as 40 percent of the cost went away when there was some some competition that had scale. And and then by 2014, we we were, you know, doing all right as a factory and met our the goals to our funders and had some wiggle room to come up with more ideas to essentially um, take the fixed funding um, for food aid for, for these these types of kids, which covers about a third of them. And, and how do we cover the, the next two thirds? And as, as good and right as donations and government aid are, we thought we needed a more creative solution. And so we, we turned to turned to lots of ideas, lots of bad ideas and, and some good ideas, hopefully. And that's where um, this idea of connecting our activity to help kids um, was born. So. so so, literally, how does it work if someone is interested in the program? What do they do and what steps do they take, literally? Uh, they can go to activeforgood.com. And at activeforgood.com, we, we have a, a public way. You could sign up and get interested. Um, and where, where we found the most traction is with employer groups. So this idea that you could go to your, your wellness team or your HR person and say, here's a, here's a more creative way to have us all get active, which is in the best interest of everyone. Uh, productive employees want to be healthy, as well as the employer who often shoulders the healthcare costs. And they, there's funds available for those programs. And it's it's about a $30. It really, the, the program can vary based on the size of the company, but we'll play with that number for now. But per participant, and it's a 30-day program. And people are on Teams. Uh, it's as easy as downloading an app to get started. You have a, an event code for your, your group. And all of your activity uh, is tracked through things like Apple um, Health Kit on all your iPhones or Google Fit on your phones, as well as being able to connect to Garmin or Fitbit or other types of devices. So everything counts. Uh, you earn a, it's a point system that lets you feel like the, uh, people care about the competition. And so the competition is interesting and the leaderboard is real. And so there's ways you earn points and every 500 points represents a 500 um, calorie packet of food for kids. And one of the things that's nice is you're you're unlocking a meal, and everyone relates to a meal. Everyone's you know hopefully been hungry, and versus dollars that um, you're not always sure what that means or where does it go, and and so these meals were able to tell you exactly where they go and the impact that they're making for those communities and, and kids. But how do you choose um, which kids you're going to help? What countries? What circumstances? Yeah, great question. Um, I mean, living in the world we live in now, we know where where there's issues. We know where there's famine that's about to break out. We know where there's been issues with food insecurity, and as well as um, things that contribute to that, like weather patterns and, and dry seasons and whatnot. So there's some great aid organizations. A lot of them are organized through UNICEF. Uh, it's you know they're they're the emergency group for any children's issues, and so then um, those same groups that have these um, holistic programs on the ground helping these communities that are most affected. They um, they get a certain allotment of products of the same ready-to-use therapeutic food. They, they get an allotment of it. It's often called RETF. And then they have gaps. So we work with groups like Save the Children and World Vision and um, 
to, to fill the gaps that they have where their, their kind of um, allotment from UNICEF didn't cover the specific need. So that's, that's kind of what we do. And so, you know, there's um, a number of the, they go over by container um, and a container represents like about 163,000 meals uh, per 20 foot container. Wow. Yeah. And those get shipped where they're, where they're needed. And um, occasionally we know far enough in advance where we run a challenge and you know where the product's going to go. Sometimes we wait till afterwards and maybe aggregate meals from a few different challenges. And then we're able to tell you exactly where it went and uh, the impact it made. Well, the tough thing though, is anytime you wait, I mean, that that could mean that some kid's not going to make it or something, right? Yeah, it's, it's hard. I mean, you've got to get ahead of it. Um, and like with a lot of things, there there's seasons and there's seasons when it's most needed, which are typically between the harvest period. So if you imagine, you know, uh, more subsistence farming environments, um, you know, how long does the harvest that you had after last rainy season and you're able to harvest, how does it last? And so in that season is, is where we try to get, get product where it needs to go ahead of time. But yeah, that the the lack of product is really sad and and they have these great programs they're they're called CMAM which stands for community management of acute malnutrition so it's not just dropping off packets of food but it's really an integrated program to understand some root causes and try to help these families um especially when it comes to taking care of the kids um if you if you're an adult listening to this we got a lot of reserve that and and our brain is developed and our organs are developed but if you're um if you're under 6 in particular, your brain development is so key, and so getting nutrition will um, could mean a um, kind of a stunted state that you can't recover from if you miss that window. So that's why we made this our cause, and um, are going from there. So, what are some of the trends that you've uh, you've seen over the years, and what's happening right now? What do you see changing? You know, one of the things that we didn't expect was because uh, again, we got started with a mission to help kids, and then the more we got into this, um, we realized that this sense of empowerment for people to participate and make a difference is a very real thing. So we run programs for adults, like I mentioned, with companies. And then we also um, partnered with our idea to launch a program called UNICEF Kid Power. And that's for kids that are uh, in third through sixth grade. And then we also run some things for high school students. And we just finished the high school program. And it's amazing to watch student leaders run the entire program, understand the impact it's making, inspire their, 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 you know, other students at their school to have a school-wide initiative. And, and I think uh, the idea that um, these kids in particular can have an early experience of, of really, you know, being part of the change that they'd like to see in the world. And, and I really look forward to seeing how that sense of empowerment and even kind of social emotional learning, as they call it, will go on to um, become a real valuable thing in, in this type of program. And well, do you well, have kids in the U.S. that are doing a program for kids overseas? I mean, linking. We do. Yeah, kids absolutely. Kids might be really cool, you know. Yep, we sure do. So we, we have that happening as a, as a teacher-led initiative in elementary schools and then as a, a student-led initiative in high schools. It's it's really, in, in a sense, kind of limited. We'll, we'll have local businesses that will sponsor a high school, for example, to get active for good and the kids could run with the whole program. Kids uh, are masters of technology and, and really have, have clung to this well, especially in that, that high school age, it's easy for them to run the whole program. 
I would say too, um, another on the other side of the impact you make for malnourished kids is this is a really good news story. Um, you know, it used to be that more kids suffered from malnutrition, and every year that goes by, that number has been decreasing, um, which is amazing. And I, I know the news is full of lots of headlines, but on a on a just a pure fact scale, the the severely malnourished kids that number is going down, and um, it's something that we could we could see go away. Uh, hunger is a bigger thing, and that's always going to be with us. And there's all kinds of complex issues related to, you know, food security. But the kids that aren't going to make it, um, we could definitely um, put a solution in place for that. And how long have you been running the program? And you know, have you um, gotten feedback? Many of the kids you helped early on that are maybe now grown. Yeah, we sh- we sure have. Um, we we ran our our first trials with the partner company Mana Nutrition in Rwanda. Um, and that was about six years ago. And this last year, um, I think it was about a summer ago, got to go back and see those kids. Uh, one of our team members went, or a couple of our, our team members went, and it wasn't me personally, but to see those kids six years later um, was amazing, you know, and it's a lot a lot more different. We were behind our laptops a lot and can feel far away from it to be there in person. And we try to um, have a trip where some team members can go every year and see that impact firsthand. Very good. So what's what's ahead for the next year for the organization? What's new and coming? For us, I think the 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 big thing will be making it more accessible to people to do uh, on their own. So a, a public facing challenge that they could join uh, is going to be, I think, another way to get more traction. Um, so that's ahead for us and uh, continuing to work with companies to run more challenges. So. All right. Very good. So people should go to activeforgood.com or should they just go straight from the app or what's the call to yeah, action here? At, the, at this point, they go to activeforgood.com. So you need to um, set up a challenge in order to join. So the first thing you do on the app is join a challenge with a unique challenge code. So, But if you go to activeforgood.com, all the info is there to learn more about it and either start your own challenge or um, nudge that into your HR department and see if something can happen in your, your workplace. Well, that's great. Well, Troy, thanks for coming on the podcast today. I appreciate it. You bet. Thanks for the time. Take care. You have been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, both to review and discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.